Welcome to Ask the Preacher with Pastor Wayne Freed. I was out of jail on bond, facing over 100 years in prison, reaching for a gun to blow my brains out when God stopped me with a vision. I know what it is to be down and out. I know what it is to be up, and up is better. I told the Lord I was going to find out if the Bible was really true, and let me tell you, friend, that it is. The Bible is really true. Ask the Preacher, designed so that you can have your questions answered according to what the Bible says. Well, hello. This is Wayne Freed. I am John Freed's son. Um, John is the pastor of Believers Fellowship Word of Faith Church here in Lakeland. And uh, my wife and I, Maddie, we pastored that church for 40 years. And uh, Jonathan and Maria have been pastoring now for almost six years. Uh, April 12th will be six years. And so it's an honor to come back and spend a little bit of time here on radio with you. And I, I have some things. I was praying in tongues this morning for about an hour or so. And uh, I, I had a lot of thoughts, so I put it down on paper. And I think it's right on the cutting edge because I don't know why. Um, I didn't know I was going to do radio for sure at that time. It was a thought. But anyway, um, I, I couldn't imagine God giving me all this and it not being on the cutting edge, being what you need to hear right now. So here's the first thing I want to look at. Proverbs 4.7. Proverbs 4.7 says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. We often say um, faith to bail you out of your problems. Faith to bail you out of the ditch. But keep this in mind. Wisdom can keep you out of the ditch. If you just listen, and before you act, you know, I've said, I had a jail ministry for more than 42 years right here in Polk County. And when I'd get on this subject, I had all these nodding heads. I'd say, you know, probably every one of you, before you got busted, before you got put in here, this time or whether it was another time, I said, when you started to do it, you heard something, maybe not audibly, but down on the inside of you, you had an impression that said, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But you did it anyway. And they all nodded their heads. And this didn't just happen once or twice. Whenever we were on that subject, it always came up, yes, it's so. And what I tried to convey to them, God loves you. He's on your side. He's trying to bless your life. He wants you to have a good life. He doesn't want you to be uh, in prison or in jail all the time. We used to say these guys are serving life on the installment plan. A few weeks here, a few months there, a year or two here and there. And uh, by the time you add it up, they spent a large part of their life behind bars. And that wasn't God's plan for your life. And he's got people, lots of people, lots of people out there that care about you. People that would like to help you for nothing, for free. They just love you. That's all. And if you give them a chance, they would. You know, uh, that scripture in Proverbs 4, 7, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. I, I think it's interesting. With all thy getting, get understanding. There's a scripture. I always say it's in Psalm 111, 11. <coughs> and the reason for that, <clears throat> excuse me, the reason for that is because if you can remember all ones, I don't know if you ever saw that picture, City Slickers, 
and they had that guy, I think his name was Curly. He was an old man. He's out on the, on the prairie there, and they're sitting around the campfire talking, and he says, there's just one thing that's really important in life. One thing, just one thing. And he had his finger up in the air, and he just sat there, and they looked at him, and he had died. He never told them what the one thing was. Well, let me tell you this. One thing, one thing, one thing, and then one thing and one thing is Psalm 111.11. Now you can go home and remember it even if you're driving your automobile. Psalm 111.11. Problem is this. There is no 111.11. There is a 111.10. It's the last verse of the chapter. Now you got it. Now you really got it. I've given you a picture and everything. So go home and look up Psalm 111.10. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And there's at least three times... In the Bible, it says that. Why would it say the fear of the Lord? I tell you, if you knew what judgment really is, most people in America don't really understand about judgment. But God is a just God, and he can't just wave his hand and say it's all forgiven, it's all forgotten. Somebody had to pay. Jesus paid. And so it says in Hebrews 2, 1, 2, and 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? And it talks about excuse me, the word that was spoken by angels and then the word that was spoken by God and his son. And uh, if you reject that, it's going to be a a fearful thing. Uh, The last couple of verses, well, no, that's not right. Uh, Hebrews 10, 29, I think it is, 29, 30, says uh, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Uh, Vengeance belongs to the Lord, and you don't want, uh, judgment. It's it's a fearful thing. Anyway, so the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. Uh, it's good. This I'm reading from Psalm 111.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. If you look up that, a good understanding have all they that do his commandments in different translations, Look it up and see how they read. Here's one that says, all who practice, all who practice it, possess commendable discernment. All who practice God's word, that's what he's talking about here, a good understanding of all they that do his commandments. All who practice it possess commendable discernment. If you're a doer of the word, you possess commendable discernment. Another translation says, Prudent, prudent are they, excuse me, prudent are all who live by it. Another translation says, and they who live by it grow in understanding. Here's what it is in simple everyday language. If you do the Bible, do the word, do what you know is right and avoid what you know is wrong. Simply do the word of God. When the smoke clears, you'll look back And you'll say, wow, now I understand. The will of God is what you would choose if you had all the facts. Think about that statement. The will of God is what you would choose if you had all the facts. Thank God for his word. My wife and I were talking today, and I I just went off on it, saying, oh, I'm so glad for the word. Oh, thank God for his word. Where would I be without the word of God? What would have happened to my life? You know, I, I came from a fairly good home. I, I know there's a lot of people with a lot of reasons. I said reasons instead of excuses, but still, 
uh, take it either way you want. They blame somebody else, always blaming somebody else. I came from a good home. I had good parents. I had uh, three siblings. I, we, we were the American family, you know, and there was no reason for me to uh, become a drug dealer or, or, or run off and stick needles in my arm and carry a gun and rob things. I mean, there was no need for me to go that way. People couldn't hardly believe it because my dad was such a wonderful person, my mother too, but my dad sold life insurance, and that just means he knew a lot of people. And uh, so what, what I want you to know is my dad had been raised somewhat Christian, and by that I mean his parents were Christians, but he really wasn't. He was more of a churchgoer. But he was honest. He had a lot of integrity, and he taught me things. And when we come back from break, I want to get into some areas here because I think our country is going into some really, really hard times. I want to I want to talk to you about that, about wisdom that'll keep you out of the ditch, instead of just having to believe God. Oh God, help me get out of the ditch. Why don't you get some counsel, read the Bible, get smart, get some insight, find out what God would do if He were in your position. It's all in His Word. His Spirit will guide you and lead you. He'll help you stay out of the ditch. So, like I said, when we come back from break, I want to talk about that. We're going to go to Luke sixteen ten. You know, Luke 16, 10, we got just a little bit here. Uh, he says, he that, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that's unjust in that which is least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, that just means the things of this world, natural things, money and, and goods, who will commit to your trust the true riches? If, you've not, if you therefore have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon who will commit to you your trust the true riches and if you've not been faithful in that which is another man's who shall give you that which is your own you got to be associate pastor before you become pastor okay hey um then verse 13 is good too but i'm i'm going to stop there we're going to take a little break and we'll come right back to ask the preacher in just a moment You're listening to Ask the Preacher, a question and answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believers Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Welcome back, and this is Wayne Freed. By the way, if you do have a question or a comment, our number here in the studio is area code 863-682-1430. Now, we were talking about wisdom versus faith. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. That's Proverbs 4-7. And with all that getting, get understanding. Now, understanding is knowing why you did what you did. When you do something by faith, you don't also understand it right then. Because if you understood it, you wouldn't need faith. But wisdom will help you see why you should obey God. Wisdom will help you to get counsel. I'm going to give you some scriptures here in a little bit about how wise it is to have good counsel. I mean, you don't have to be the Lone Ranger, you know. I had a preacher friend of mine. He said, when we first got married, I didn't want to listen to her. He said, I would do my own thing. And he said, then as the years went by, he said, I had to take the responsibility for all the decisions because I made them all. He said, I got tired of that. I started listening to my wife. God seemed to like using the, the weaker vessel, so to speak. And um, he said, I, I, I would talk it over with her, and then we'd make the decision together. And he said, that worked out so much better. 
because they shared in the responsibility, whether it was good or bad, they shared in it, and he didn't have to carry the whole load. I think that's a good way to do it. I think the husband has the final say, but if he doesn't talk to his wife about it, man, my wife has been right so many times. Um, I came in the convertible tonight, and she about threw a fit. She said, don't you do it. You're going to pay for this, you know, because I've been battling a little something, and I, she said, you shouldn't be out there in that convertible. Yeah, so I'm not practicing what I'm preaching too good, am I? But actually, um, I did bundle up. Okay, let your wife have a word. Um, if, you, if you don't give her the honor that's due her, it'll come back and bite you. We were in Luke 16.10. It says, He that's faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that's unjust in the least is, also, is unjust also in much. God can watch what you're doing. You know, I, I had a guy, he, oh, bless his heart. I know he meant well, and I'm not trying to criticize him, but he told me one time. He says, I'm not paying tithe right now. He says, uh, I'm, I'm putting everything I make back into the business. And uh, he says, when I make a lot of money, and I'm, I will, he said, I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to be real rich, and I'm going to give a lot of money to the church. Well, I, I kind of laughed under my breath. I thought, Faithful in least, faithful in much. Unjust in least, unjust in much. That's the word of God. And if God can't trust you with a little, he can't trust you with a lot. And he was believing that God was going to bless his business because down the road a ways, in the future, when he had a lot of money, he's going to be a big giver. Folks, that's self-deception. James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. <coughs> you know, there seems to be two ditches on either side of the road. Either people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's Hosea 4, 6. And it says my people, God said even his people, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Think about that. Think about that. And then the other side of the ditch is uh, James 1, That says be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. A number of years ago, within the last 10 years, we'll say, the Lord began to deal with me that the big problem in the church world was not so much that they didn't know what to do. That was a problem for a while. And you may remember back in the 70s when the charismatics were color, uh, coloring in their Bibles. I got about a dozen of them co covered with every page, co colored and written in and everything. I mean, we were learning. We were studying. Everybody was reading the Bible. And they were big on the confession. And if you said something that went against the Bible, they'd call you downright quick-like and say, uh, that, that's a bad confession. That's a bad confession. And so people got tired of that. They got tired of people uh, making them toe the line. They'd rather be without law. They'd rather be without rules. They didn't want a check on their flesh. They wanted to be able to let the flesh all hang out. Well, I want to tell you, it was good to have people who could help keep you in order. And if you said something that was unscriptural, they would catch you and, and, and in love, but they would say, that's not scriptural. That's not right. You shouldn't say that. Now, that was one area. We got knowledge, 1970s plus, you know, into the 80s, maybe some of the 90s. But the church world began to get very, very knowledgeable. Then the other problem came about. They knew what they weren't doing. The only way you can renew your mind, and in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says in chapter, uh, verse, chapter 12, verse 1 of Romans, 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, note the responsibility there, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not, verse 2, listen, listen, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You are transformed, and that word means just what you, it changes you. It's the same word that's used, like for when, uh, uh, metamorpho in the Greek, when a, when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. It's completely changed. When a person gets born again, they are changed in spirit, but the only people who really know it, those close to them might say, man, your face is glowing. Wow, there's such a peace about you. But most people can't tell the difference in them, not yet. But as they begin to continue in church and read the Bible, then as they get about their acquaintances and on the job and different things, they realize that this person's changing now. As they renew their mind, it's a type of repentance. Repentance means change. And so they are changing when they do what the Word says. Now, the only way you can renew your mind is to practice the Word. Reading the Bible is not enough. Memorizing the Scripture is not enough. But when you put it into practice, it's no, it's no longer theory, but it has a cutting edge on it now, and it becomes experience. And when you talk, you know, how's that? There's an old saying, something goes like uh, a man with a, an, a, an argument is at the expense or of a man with an argument. With, with um, uh, okay, a man with an argument is at the mercy or something of a man with an experience. When you've really experienced something and then you've got somebody coming to you along and trying to talk you out of it, he's just wasting his time because you've already been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. You know what you're talking about. But when it's all just a mental thing, you learned it out of a book. I'm, not, I'm good on books. Yes, amen. But if you don't practice what you're learning— you will lose it. You use it or lose it. And when you renew your mind with the Word, you do it by doing the Word. And it will change your whole life. Metamorpho. Transformed. It will transform you. And that's how you become the light of the world and the salt of the earth. You do something. You don't just talk pie in the sky. You do something. Amen, amen, and amen. And that's good preaching, if I do say so myself. Okay. Now, I want to—we're back talking about Luke 16 10, 11, 12, and then I'd like to touch on 13. He said, He that's faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that's unjust in the least is unjust also in much. And I told you about the friend of mine who was going to give money when he got rich. But if he wouldn't pay his tithe or support missions or give offerings and be obedient to the Lord uh, when he didn't have but very little, God wouldn't be able to bless him because he knows he isn't going to be faithful when he does bless him. It's so important. God can tell what you would do if you had a lot of money with what you do when you have a little money. What percentage do you put into the kingdom? Where's your heart? Jesus said in, in uh, Matthew, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there shall your heart be also. He also said we shall lay up treasures in heaven. You can do good works and it'll come back to you. You're listening to Ask the Preacher, and we'll be right back right after these words. 
Welcome back to Ask the Preacher, a question and answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believer's Fellowship, Word of Faith Church. Well, hello, this is Wayne Freed. We're in Luke 16.10. I want you to remember that, Luke 16.10. And then always, whenever you read any passage of Scripture, um, you should read before and after. Be sure you've got it in context. But now we've been through this all day today, so I'm just coming back and reviewing very quickly for those that just tuned in. And it's always good to have repetition, too. Um, I've got 15 New Testament scriptures that talk about it's safe for you and good for you and healthy for you to repeat and go over things again and again. Um, in verse 10, it says, 16.10, Luke 16.10, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that's unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, talking about money, the natural things of this world, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Um, you know, I, people sometimes wonder, well, how did you get into ministry? Well, I want to tell you about that real quick. I was an iron worker for almost seven years. Uh, I was a laborer, union laborer before that. Before that, I drove a lumber truck. But I was a, a union iron worker, worked out of Brandon, 397. Uh, and, and we were out of work. Work had dropped off. And I pulled off the road while I was driving back into Lakeland. I was on Highway 60, and I pulled off on the grass there and stopped the car and just just went before the throne of God. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. I can't get a job, and uh, I, I don't know what to do. I need your help. And I, I thought about Tommy Sims. Tommy Sims uh, started off with a pickup truck. He had a, uh, a torch, you know, a settling torch, and... Um, a welder that he carried in the back of that truck, and he started putting these fascias on 7-Eleven stores. And in the old days, they didn't have all that fancy stuff. Now, you know, they got the big orange plastic across the top of the buildings and all. Well, he just started off with a pickup truck, and uh, before you know it, he, it grew into a big, monstrous uh, business, and um, he, he had a multimillion-dollar operation. Now, I don't know how much he had at the time I was praying about it, but that was 50 years ago or more. And um, I said, Lord, I don't care anything about making money. I just don't care anything about that. Um, but I got to pay my bills. And I was drawing about $40 a week from unemployment, and that's about exactly what my bills were. And by the time I paid my tithes and gave my offerings and a little bit to missions, uh, I just barely was getting by. And I didn't have a family or anything, just a little apartment. But I said, Lord, uh, help me. And the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean that. It was an audible voice. But down on the inside of me, I, I heard these words like, why don't you do what you spent seven years uh, training to do? Well, I knew exactly what he meant. He, he meant preach. And, and I answered back, well, would that be right? And by that, what I meant was, I'm praying about money. I need money. I can't pay my bills. I'm barely paying my bills, barely getting by. And so I need I need a, a, a different job or something, and you're talking to me about preaching the gospel, and, and it just didn't line up right. It didn't sound right. It sounded like I'd be preaching for money, and nobody wants to see a man preach for the money. You're not supposed to do that. You preach because it's in your heart to preach. And the Lord said to me, it's a good work, isn't it? I didn't have an answer. I thought, well, huh, what could be a better work than that? Preaching the gospel? Yeah, that's that's about as godly and holy and pure as anything could be. 
And so, anyway, to make a long story short, that's what I did. I, I could go into a lot of detail. Nothing's as simple as it sounds. It's not going <coughs> to, excuse me, it's not going to fall on you like ripe chairs off a tree. But if you don't quit, you'll make it. So here we are now in uh, 16th chapter of Luke, verses 10 and 11. And 11 said, therefore, if you have not been faithful and unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Well, I had been faithful. I, I was faithful in my money, faithful in my tithing, uh, faithful in every area of the natural. And God said, I can trust this guy and put him into the spiritual things, put him into the ministry. Let's read this again, verse 11. Remember, verse 10 says, if you're faithful in the least, you'll be faithful in much. And if you're not, you won't. And then verse 11, if therefore you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? True riches is spiritual things. People's eternal destiny. You're going to be dealing with people's eternal destiny. And he's not going to put somebody over them to, to guide them and be a shepherd to them. If they've been unfaithful in simple little carnal things like money. And so that was an honor that God saw me faithful. And then verse 12 says, if you've not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Well, we ran a coffee house ministry uh, and we were in charge of that. Two of them, as a matter of fact. And then I became associate pastor uh, with Glenn Ward here in, in Lakeland. And that he was a mentor to me. And I was faithful there, and uh, and then I be, I pastored my own church, and then making a long story short, uh, I, I resigned that church and ended up uh, becoming the pastor of Believers Fellowship, Word of Faith Church. Now in verse thirteen it says, "No servant can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he'll hold to the one and despise the other." You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and money. You can't serve God and the things of this world. Your, your values set your priorities. What you put first is what's most important. If you value God, then he comes first. Whatever you put first, whatever you value the most, will be on the top of the list. You know, folks... It's pretty simple. It just really is. It's pretty simple. If you really love God, you do what he says. That's what Jesus said in John 14, 24. He said, if you actually, <coughs> excuse me, he said in verse 21, John 14, 21, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me will, will um, be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And then in verse 24, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. You know, it's, it's all boiled down to this. If you're sincere, and if you're not sincere, well, <laughs> I'm not talking to you. I mean, I'm wasting my time. If you're not sincere, I'm just spitting in the wind, see? So it, it makes no difference. But if you're sincere, then you need to do what you know already. Know what you know is right. And avoid what you know is wrong. Every time you have to make a decision, there's a choice involved. If you're sincere with God, you're going to make the right choice. You say, well, I don't know what the right choice is. In most cases, you will. And if you go ahead and make the right choice, the best choice that you can, and if you're wrong, you'll learn from it. So the next time, you make the right choice. 
But if you just do take the easy path, do what feels good. How many times I skipped school as a teenager? That wasn't the right choice. Times that I did things that I knew was wrong, but it felt good. And see, I, I got no good return on that kind of life. But when I got serious about the things of God, and when I found myself in such a dilemma that I was out of jail on bond facing 100 years in prison, could have been, could have been, it was 11 felonies. Back in those days, it was five years for possession of marijuana in any amount. And here I was selling LSD, had a pistol, and told a cop I'd blow his thinking brains out if he didn't take some LSD. Hey, this was big time. They put me on the front page of the paper. I was done. And I just decided to take my life. I wasn't going to go through this. And I wasn't going to prison. I wasn't going to go. I'd been in jail all over, the, not all over the country. I Jackson, Tennessee, and uh, Lakeland, Mulberry, and a couple of places I forget. But anyway, uh, no, I'd been in uh, uh, trouble in little jails and, and saw some things. I, I wasn't going. I just wasn't going. And I want you to know that when I was reaching for that gun to blow my brains out, God intervened in his mercy. He intervened. You know why? I think because he's interested in what he could get out of it. You say, that sounds selfish. No, it's really not. It's just he's not going to waste the blood of Jesus on something. He's not going to waste the blood of Jesus on somebody that's going to spit in his face. I, it came out of my mouth. When, when I, I'm not, I don't have time to go into all the details, but as I was reaching for the gun to blow my brains out, something dropped down over me, and I sat back down on the bed as if I was looking in through a hole in the ceiling. And I raised my hands to God. I said, if you're really there, I'm going to find you. And if you're not, I'm going to find that out too. But one way or another, I'm going to know for sure either the Bible's really true or it's not. And in the process of time, I mean, the next morning, I rolled out of bed on my knees and lifted my hands to God and said, I meant what I said last night, and I'm going to prove it. I'm going to quit drinking, smoking, cussing, drugs. Everything I know is wrong, I'm going to quit it. And everything I know is right, I'm going to do it. And I started doing that. And boy, let me tell you, it's not as easy to do as it is to say. The devil really came after me. I got tempted by all kinds of things. I mean, the devil come out of nowhere with a pretty girl or drugs or a thousand things, you know, to get me to give up on my, 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 my search. My, my vision, my quest to find out if the Bible was really true. But I started going to church because, and, and then I got discouraged some. It was so dry and dead, my goodness. I, oh, I can understand why some people don't want to go to church, but don't give up. I finally decided I'm going back to the church where the man on the construction job talked to me with tears in his eyes about Jesus. And I, I kept going and I kept listening and I kept taking notes and, and it changed my life. Jesus came into my heart on a motorcycle, not in, in church, but on a motorcycle. Changed my life. And that was uh, 50, almost 55 years ago. Well, it'd be this July 14th, 55 years ago. Listen, Jesus is the answer. His word is a roadmap. He knows where you've been, where you're, you're, you are, and where you're going. You need to find out. And if you look at the map, you can find out where you are. And if you need to change locations, you can do that on your knees. It's the most amazing thing in the world. The Bible is God speaking to you. The Bible is God speaking to you. The Bible is God speaking to you. Read your Bible. You say, I can't understand it. Read it anyway. You'd be surprised. It's not the things about the Bible that I don't understand that bother me. It's the things that I do understand. Read it anyway. Just keep reading it. You'd be surprised. Start starting the New Testament. One's old, one's new. Read the New Testament five times. 
and then go back and read some of the old, but keep reading the new, keep reading the new, keep reading the new. Say, I need to know about who George Washington was in the history of our country. Yes, yes, I agree. But you need to know the speed limit, too. And the New Testament is the speed limit. It's what you do right now, where you are, where you live. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. This is Wayne Freed with Believer's Fellowship, Word of Faith Church. Um, I am a retired pastor. I don't want to make it sound like I'm a pastor, but uh, but I, that's where I go. I'd love to meet you and sit down with you and pray with you and help you every way I can. Uh, we'll be right back with Ask the Preacher right after these words. You're listening to Ask the Preacher, a question and answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believer's Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Well, welcome back. This is Wayne Freed with Believer's Fellowship. Um, we were talking about Luke 16, 10 through 13, being faithful. Oh, God is looking for faithful people. You know, I often thought about our calling at Believer's Fellowship is 2 Timothy 2, 2, to commit unto the faithful who will be able to teach others also. And uh, I got into something a minute ago and never finished it, but when I got saved, when I reached for that gun to blow my brains out and God stopped me, I, um, out of my mouth, I said, uh, it didn't make sense at the time, but I said, I'll tell it everywhere I go and everything I do. Um, what I was saying was, Lord, if I find out that the Bible's really true, I'm going to tell everybody. And I, I, I have really tried to do that, and I'm doing that now. Um, I'm, I'm, I want to talk to you about Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Now, I've already said some things about that, but keep that in mind as we go through some other things. Be wise. Don't be foolish. You remember in the seventh chapter of Matthew, starting with verse 24, Jesus said, He that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I liken him unto the man that built his house upon the rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and the house stood strong. But he that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, I liken him unto the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat upon the house, and great was the fall of it. See, if you know and don't do, you're in the ditch on one side. If you don't know, you're on the ditch on one side. But if, if you know and don't do, you'll be held a stricter judgment. You're worse shape. You're better off not to know. You say, well, then I'll turn off the radio, stop reading the Bible, and be stupid. That would be stupid. You win. <laughs> that would be. But you need to pursue God. You need to seek truth and ensue it. Seek peace, Peter said, um, 3.11, I think. Uh, 1 Peter 3.11. Anyway, you really need to seek God. Jesus, uh, well, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 4.29 and Jeremiah 29.13, when you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. And that's what I had to do. And I'll tell you what, it took every ounce I had. Because the devil came at me in every way. People that you've never seen before come up and offer you treasures. You know, you go do something that you, they didn't understand what it was about, but you did. It was going to be to break your vow or your commitment to find out if the Bible was really true. And uh, so it cost you. It cost you. But it, it, it uh, only cost you in the natural. You'll never be sorry. Um, I want to tell you that hard times are coming and you need to prepare. And if you're still using a credit card for credit, I use a credit card for convenience, but if you're using a credit card, uh, then, then you are destroying your faith. You're just ruining your faith. Um, if, if you will believe God and, and don't use your credit card for credit, don't use it. Believe God or don't buy it. Go without it. 
and use your faith. The scripture says over and over, all through the Bible. How about, how about here's one, uh, Mark eleven twenty four. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. How about that? How, how, how about uh, uh, Matthew 7, 7, ask and it'll be given you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receive it, and he that seeketh findeth, and he that knocketh it'll be opened unto him. You say, well, I tried that and it didn't work. You don't try it. You do it. And you stand there and still stand there and be standing there till hell freezes over saying, I'm acting on the word. And when God sees you mean business, it'll come to you. How about 1 John 3, 20, 21 and 22? If our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Well, when you go to confess and go to pray, I need this, I want that. Uh, if your heart condemns you, get it cleaned up. In, in Matthew 5, 23 and 24, it says, If you bring your gift to the altar and there remember your brother have ought against you, go and be reconciled to your brother and come back and offer your gift. In Matthew uh, 11, 25 and 6, you know, we talked about 24, uh, what thanks ever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. And then the next verse says, When you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any. For if you don't forgive them, God won't forgive you. See, there's conditions. So 1 John 3, 20 again, uh, uh, if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. See, there's a reason why people's prayers aren't answered. Get off the credit system. Start believing God. Let him be your banker. Let him be your doctor. Let him be your source of life. Hebrews eleven seven talks about Noah. It said, by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Is fear a bad thing? It normally is, but the fear of God, the reverence of God, the recognition that he can cast your little butt in hell, you better fear him. And in, uh, here's another, I'm not through with that verse, but over in Jude, verse 23, it says, Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. There... There's a time to recognize uh, what, what, how serious it is with God. You know, I wanted to read this whole thing about uh, Hebrews 10, 26. If we sin willfully, after that we've received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who had trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath accounted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite under the spirit of grace. For we know him that saith, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You know, these are the verses that you don't ever hear preached. I'm telling you, it's the truth. And in Hebrews 11, verse 7, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark. You can prepare for hard things, and it's not wrong. You need to prepare. You need to be wise. Number one, get out of debt and start paying your tithe. Pay your tithe first. Pay your tithe right in the beginning. God will help you. And, and get out of debt. And begin to, to, uh, to lay up treasures in heaven. And begin to put away some things for the hard times. When you know, you know if you're watching Newsmax or almost anything, going to a good church 
they'll let you know that you absolutely need to prepare for hard times. God bless you. Thank you for listening.